lot to hit on today. Why waste any time on a terrible Tuesday? It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. You know, I really despise the weekend after the Super Bowl because you've got nothing. Okay, if you're a college basketball fan, you're good. You're you're still pretty good because on that Saturday, you've got a lot of great college basketball games. We're three weeks away from Selection Sunday. So that's great. However, that's Saturday. When you look at Sunday, then they kind of scale back because they want to make room for some of these other meaningless sporting events that get national attention that really nobody cares about. But they kind of back off a little bit on on the Sunday college basketball for right now. And that is the NBA All-Star Weekend, because you got the NBA All-Star Game all right, that you get on TNT. And Fox dominates their Super Bowl coverage. I'm being facetious, but they call it the Super Bowl of automobile racing. They do Daytona 500. So you got all that. So, yes, we just concluded the most meaningless sports weekend with the NBA All-Star Game, Daytona 500, and the beginning of the XFL. Can I say it like that? The XFL. Well, I think you kind of have to because yeah. of who owns it. Yeah. Well, who used to own it? Well, no. Who still owns it? Well, not, no. not still owns it, yeah. but well, I'm saying The Rock still has that. I'll give you the history. All right. So... This is another failed attempt of the XFL. Didn't it? In 2001, stand for Extreme Football League. I think yes. that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've seen failed attempt after failed attempt for spring football. And these investment groups keep trying and trying and trying. And they keep losing money over and over again. And the XFL is the king of it. Let's examine the poor history of the XFL. 2001, Vince McMahon, the WWF slash E giant, said, oh, we're, I'm getting into the football game now. Let's do this. And it was ridiculous. Remember Vegas had, had a team. The first game was actually at Sam Boyd Stadium. He hate me. Returning the kickoff. Remember that nonsense where they'd put the ball in the 50-yard line and it was like a bad dodgeball game and you, you go race for the football? Oh, that's who's going to receive the football. Uh that's how it started. People getting injured. It was ridiculous. And then that lasted one season. Then we fast forward 19 years later to 2020, where they tried again. And they had two years to prep for this because they made the announcement like back in 2017, 2018. Well, that lasted only four weeks. And they want to blame the pandemic. We can also blame that uh, no one was coming to the games. So what does that mean? Let's try, try again in 2023. Yes, your ownership, Vince McMahon, and he sold it off to The Rock. That's right. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, part of that crew. I don't get it. So it debuted, I guess, again, last weekend. I want to know, seriously, and I posed a question yesterday. Is anyone excited about this? Anyone Besides Fernando. I was going to say, Fernando was pretty excited about the Open. No, no, no. That's because that 
degenerate will bet on everything and anything. I mean, two flies flying around of a room. He's going to bet on that. All right? That's it. The two left. cockroaches. The left one lands first. Yeah, there you go. Forget that. All right? But I can't handle this version of it. It's always been bad. But this version is just as goofy as the previous one. Let's start with the broadcast. All right? ESPN, ABC, and Fox are sharing the rights to this, and they've shelled out a whole ton of money. They're paying for this garbage. And you know what we get with this? We get ham and egg broadcast crews. That's what we get. All right? We don't get announcers who normally do NFL games. We don't even get guys who are doing college football games or even backup college football games because all the good announcers, they're taking their time off. That's part of it. The other part is they don't want to be associated with this garbage. We got to listen to players and coaches being mic'd up. Are you kidding me? Mic'd up? I don't need to hear play calls. Nobody needs to hear play calls. And here's the thing about that, too. Nobody understands the play calls. You think anybody understands X2, Y, banana, whatever, like John Gruden used to say? No, they're supposed to be in codes so the opponent doesn't figure it out. So somebody doesn't leave their their playbook or their play sheet on the sideline, like purposely, like that happened way back in the day. It was pretty funny. But anyway... So no one understands it. You're watching a football game, and you hear it go, okay, X, Y, X out, Snake River Canyon uh, on three. Omaha. <laughs> Nobody understands this, so why show it? Do you actually think, oh, yeah, I can decipher that. I know what's coming now. Yeah. It's so stupid. But, again, they try to be cute and give you something different. We don't need something different. We don't like our football like that, all right? So we don't need players mic'd up. Especially quarterbacks we've never heard of before. We don't need coaches mic'd up. Don't need to hear the, hear the play calls. None of this. We don't need the goofy, weird angles in these camera shots that we're getting, you know? And I don't need to see the refs dressed up like they were in the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and Rick James. Do you see these prisoner costumes are wearing from the early 1900s? What is this? I mean, they're predominantly white and not black. Again, why be different? I don't get it. Just wear the zebra stripes. I just, it's ridiculous. It's its a joke. All of it is a joke. Seeing announcers getting in the middle of a celebration huddle. Did you see this? After a guy returned a pick six for a touchdown, they're celebrating in the end zone. And then there's a sideline reporter jumping in. Hey, 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 what do you think about that? And the guy's going, hey, man, leave me alone. We're celebrating right now. Yeah, we're getting our groove on. Oh, oh, oh okay, back to the booth. Seriously, th- I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly what happens in these broadcasts. And then the replays. The replays. Because we get to actually experience what happens in the replay booth. Now, do we really need to hear now Dean Blandino being a rock star? Dean Blandino's on every broadcast now. Remember Dean Blandino, uh, the failed guy, whatever, uh, you know, from the NFL. Now he's in charge of that. Now he's front and center on these broadcasts. He gets to be a star. And every time there's a review, oh, and there's plenty of reviews. We got to hear this. I control. I've got the left foot down in bounds. Let's go to our line feed and get a spot. Dean, I had some traffic there. I can't hear you. Yeah, Mike, we're looking at the catch. 
at the sideline. I've got a really good look. I've got control, and I've got the right foot down and bound. So we're just going to give you a new spot. So we're going to go to the 46. It's going to be first and 10. First and 10. It's going to be on the right hash. Right hash. And we're going to go on the ready for play. And we're on the ready. So first yep. and 10 at the 46. You got it. I think it's a great example. A lot After of time review, play. the ruling on the field is a completed pass. The receiver had firm possession of the ball with the right foot down inbounds. It's Once first down. figure out the clock, then we got to figure out clock, location, and sometimes that's what takes a moment or two. Then you see the efficiency that the command center is able to operate with. Sometimes, you know, you're looking at a million different looks, and it's, ah, you know, I don't know. It's it's called on the field incomplete. Boom. Dean Blandino, great job of executing. It's done in about 30 seconds. Get a new spot and a nice conversion for Arlington. That is pathetic. You're getting the call, Blandino, the explanation. You're getting the referee, and then you're getting the play call, and the announcer all talking over each other. I mean, first of all, this isn't football 101. Okay, we don't need to know the process. You know what we want to see? We want to see the game move on. Make the call, end of story, move. We don't need this. And again, why do they think that people, fans, are interested in this? Nobody is. All right? And then the rules. No one can follow the rules. Again, why are we changing the rules? Why are we doing Have you seen the kickoffs? The kickoffs. It looks like a dodgeball game. They're standing there in attention. And then there is an actual kickoff. And then they've got people like lined up at like the 20-yard line. Then the defense is like five yards back at the 25 or the 30. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. And then it's like, okay, go. You can play now. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Why mess with the kickoffs? I don't get it. Can someone please explain the kickoffs to me? This is the XFL kickoff. This is about creating more opportunities for big plays. To eliminate high-speed collisions, we're shortening the distance between opposing players. The coverage team starts on the opponent's 35-yard line, and the return team starts on their own 30. When the ball is first kicked, only the kicker and receiver can move. But once it's caught or is on the ground for three seconds, all players are free to run, block, and tackle. We're giving players and coaches the chance to create kickoff excitement. This is for the love of football. This is the XFL. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Do you see what I'm talking about? Everything's a production. And who was that? Dean Blandino being a rock star. This guy's been the butt of so many jokes back in the day, and now he's going to be the butt of more jokes. Jeez. So that's the kickoff rules. We understand that? All right? I got that. Passing grade? Okay. How about the extra point rule? Please explain the extra point. Like, like I said yesterday, they score. Coaches go, one, 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 one. Let's go for one. Uh, okay. Or you can go for two. Or you can go for three. What are we talking about here? This is the XFL point after touchdown. This is about raising the stakes and stepping up the strategy. In the XFL, the scoring team has three different point after touchdown options, and none of them involve a kicker. The first option is an offensive play from the two-yard line worth one point. The second is a play from the five-yard line worth two points. And the third is an aggressive play from the 10 that earns three points. 
the scoring team's offense only gets one chance to convert whatever option they choose. And if they fail to convert, they get nothing. And the defense can score too. If they get a turnover and return it to the opposite end zone, they get the same amount of points the offense was attempting. That's three, baby! That's three! So now there are more chances for teams to come back, and no lead is ever really safe. This is for the love of football. This is the XFL. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Now just to put this in effect now, in one of the games, the Seattle Sea Dragons against the San Antonio um, Hammonagers. Is that who they're called? We talked about the ridiculous names from yesterday, right? Here it is put into play here. All right. So this is a three-play audio clip you're going to hear about the touchdown, the conversion, and what happens instead of an onside kick. Where they can go for it on fourth and fifteen. McCarrick. End zone. Squeezes it in there. Three point conversion. Good. Let's go. Fourth and fifteen. Fourth and fifteen. McCarrick. Buys more time. Keeps his eyes downfield. Pro, they converted on fourth and fifteen. Let's go. Third and seven. McCarron has a receiver. Caught. Touchdown. St. Louis and a flag on the play. That is pro. The St. Louis Battlehawks. That was AJ McCarron, former NFL quarterback with the Bengals against the San Antonio Brahmas. The Brahmas, which is, we found out yesterday, is a bull. That's right. Well, you know what this is? This is a lot of bull. We'll leave it at that. Oh, my God. The poor kicker. There's no kicker. Kicker's not involved in the PAT. Nah. This is ridiculous. Oh, and then there's overtime. If we ever get to an overtime, let me see. Do we have a documentary explanation about the overtime rules? This is the XFL Overtime. This is about edge-of-your-seat, game-ending action. There's no coin toss, no one-possession wins, and no ties. Instead, XFL Overtime is a shootout. So the best players on both sides always determine who wins the game. Each offense gets up to five one-play possessions to score from the five-yard line. Teams get two points for each successful conversion. Teams alternate plays until one team is mathematically eliminated. Split! Split! Tackle! Tackle! The defense can't score, but if they make a stop or create a turnover, the play is dead. The team with the most points after the five-round shootout wins. If it's tied after five rounds, then things go to single rounds until one team scores and the other doesn't. Because this is winner-take-all kind of football. This is for the love of football. This is the XFL. You like that shot at the NFL? It's a winner-take-all a little shot at the NFL saying, well, we don't have a tie after we play 10 minutes. Unbelievable. That's an instructional video. It's like an instructional video. 
Ridiculous. All right. So more nonsense. So let's don't forget about the ridiculous looking logos and the uniforms that we have. Again, here's the deal. We don't need alternate rules. We don't need anything different. You know why? Because we like our football the way it is. All right? Do they actually think this is cool? Do they think that people actually want different? Let me tell you something. They don't. Nobody that loves football wants different. They like their football for what their football has been all these years, their entire lifetime growing up. All right? And what it is right now. And here's another thing. Let's remember this. When it comes to football, less is more. Do you know what I mean by that? Less is more. I mean, we go through September to the Super Bowl, and we've got the playoffs in there. We've got 18 solid weeks. All right, we're all good. And then now we get to the second week of February. We get the Super Bowl. We end it on a climactic high, right? That's it. That's enough. We don't need to have more meaningless football the week after. Less is more. After the Super Bowl, be done with it. See you in September. How hard is that? But no. I don't know why these organizations and guys like McMahon and The Rock and these other Ham and Eggers, you know, want to dive into this. It's not successful. No one cares. No one's watching it. It's a laughing stock and you're going to lose money. It always loses money. There's no longevity of this product, and it's garbage. Again, be done with it. When it's over, it's over, and this league, or spring football in general, does not benefit anyone. This is the XFL, and it needs to go. <sighs> Feel better now? A little bit. Okay. I'm going to get amped up again, though. I know you are. NBA All-Star Weekend. Now we rip on the Pro Bowl. And what a joke this has become. The NBA is not far behind. It's right here. It's getting as bad as the Pro Bowl. It's meaningless. So meaningless that some of his best players aren't even interested in participating anymore. Now I'm not saying that Steph Curry and Kevin Durant aren't injured. Okay. Zion Williamson is always injured, but those guys were nowhere to be found at the All-Star game or whatever, all right? But here's what I'm talking about, specifically the slam dunk contest, all right? Do you know who is in the slam dunk contest? Stop me if you ever heard of any of these guys. Remember what the slam dunk contest used to be. It was ingenious. Michael Jordan jumping you know, taken off from the free throw line. Dominique Wilkins, those battles. All right. Then we got, you know, a little bit of flair and nostalgia. Oh, let's have the little guy get in here. Well, Spud Webb could dunk. Okay. At five, six. Muggsy Bogues. Okay. Th- those guys were intriguing. Okay. Then you had, you know, Nate Robinson, you know, checking in about five, eight and a half. All right. That was okay. But then it started to get ridiculous. But now it's so bad that no player of any worth wants to put his name on it. They don't want to be embarrassed. It's like, oh, I'm too cool for that. Nah, I'm too cool for school. Nah, you know, I'm bypassing that. Forget about it. Here's who your contestants were. Kenyon Martin Jr. Not Kmart. Not the original Kmart from the New Jersey Nets back in the day, University of Cincinnati. No, no, no. His kid, Kenyon Martin Jr., 
Anybody know what team he plays on? Trey Murphy, the third. Not Troy Murphy, played at Notre Dame. No, Trey Murphy. Jericho Sims. Plays for the New York Knicks, I guess. And Mac McClung. I know Mac. You know what? You know why you know Mac? Because I watched some you. Because you watched it, and he went viral. Because he went viral in high school. And this and that. Matt McClung was a guy who didn't have a whole lot of scholarships. All right, Matt McClung is like a six foot guard. All right, but he's got hops. Could jump out of the gym. He played at Texas Tech. Played at Georgetown. Wasn't a main player at all. And now he's in the slam dunk contest. And Mac McClung is a superstar now. Good for Mac McClung. But why is he a superstar? Because white men can't jump, so they say. They even made a movie about it, right? Ask Woody Harrelson, right? But this white boy can jump. And he's got hops. And he's got skills. And he had plenty of time to practice and get ready for this competition. Why? Because he's only played in a couple NBA games. He's on a two-way contract. And what that means, he was wearing a Philadelphia 76er uniform, but then he was also wearing a G League uniform because he's playing in the G League. That's it. Didn't have a good college career. But now this is his high point because he went viral years ago when he was in high school doing these amazing dunks. All right? And he got to Texas Tech, got to Georgetown. Again, middling college basketball player. That's it. But now he's a novelty act. And yes, he wins a slam dunk contest over guys that you've never heard of before. Just to put this in perspective, let me tell you the fat past five years the winners were of this contest. Last five years. Casey okay, so had Mac McClung this year. Last year, Obi Toppin. Who? Thank you. Who? He went to Dayton. That was about it. Obi Toppin. The year before that, Anthony, not Hardaway, no, Anthony Simmons. He won the slam dunk contest two years ago. Three years ago, it was Derek Jones Jr. Now, the only way people in Vegas know who that is because he played a year here at UNLV. All right? Derek Jones Jr. And the year before that, Hamadou Diallo. Those are your slam dunk winners the last five years. You got to go back six years before you've even heard of anybody that resembled an all-star. And that was Donovan Mitchell. All right. But this is what the slam dunk contest has become. Unwatchable. Nonsense. Players you can't uh, relate to. And players that are not creative. How many slam dunk contests have we seen people booing because these guys can't, they can't figure out what they want to do? And they, sometimes they can't even make a dunk on the time allotment. But give it to Max McClung. Hey. And to hear people say, he brought it back. Don't worry. It's it's going to be garbage again. It was garbage this year, except for Mac McClung. Again, just look at these people who are in this. Now, the three-point shootout has kind of really taken over when the slam dunk contest was the, I guess, the pinnacle of the All-Star weekend. Because certainly was in the game. Get to that in a minute. Tyrese Halliburton, Lori Markanen, yeah, remember him from Arizona? I can't pronounce his name. Kevin Horter, Tyler Hero. Stop me if you've heard of anybody, okay? Julius Randle, okay, maybe you heard of him. Jason Tatum, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard. Well, Damian Lillard won the three-point shootout over these guys. 
But do any of these guys, beside maybe Buddy Heald or Jason Tatum, belong in a slam, rather in a three-point shootout? No! Julius Randle? Halliburton? Are you kidding me? Nah. Ridiculous. That's what your NBA Saturday night was. And then we get to Sunday. The NBA draft. How terrible was this? The NBA draft. Playground style, where we're going to choose up the teams an hour before the game. How ridiculous. And how terrible is this? Let's let Ernie Johnson explain to you why we're doing this. Why the NBA is doing this. Oh, and as a little added treat and in venture here, listen very carefully to the audio here and how this was presented live on TNT. Thank you all very much. Uh, when the NBA changed the format of the All-Star Game in 2018, doing away with East versus West, and instead empowering the captains to pick their squads, folks immediately started talking about how cool it might be to let them do it live and right before the game, just like on the playground. First, first picture. LeBron's probably going to get the first pick. We think he's going to pick well, we're about to find out because that is exactly what is going to happen with the first ever NBA All-Star Draft presented by George Brand with the two teams competing on behalf of two major organizations. Can we hear it for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Utah? Who would you pick? You're not tweaking your seats. A reserve. Who's picking first? Who's picking no, first? So first. No, so if you has to bring us the future. Well, if, if I was Giannis, I'd pick LeBron. If I was LeBron, I'd pick Giannis. No. <laughs> That's an open indication. That is crazy. They could pick, he could pick each other. There's there's a reserve so future. Wait, they could pick the other one? For the first time ever. That's interesting. Are you, are you dummies with the reserve so future? No, after that. Hey, hey. You say something, Chuck. I'll smack you with this mic right now. I'll tell you what. Ain't no people here to pull me off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so we so in their word. conferences are going to take another turns. Picking their players <laughs> from two pools. Beginning with the All-Star Reserves who are on the stage behind us. And then we'll move on to the starters. How embarrassing and ridiculous was that? First of all, the concept is, is pretty... Ridiculous, but the presentation of this to have feedback, to have reverb, to have Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith talking to each other over each other, thinking I guess they're on the air or just disrespecting Ernie Johnson. Ernie, the pro that he is, you know that that's in his headset, and he's trying to just talk through this. What a mess! I mean, this all falls in the director back in the truck. Turn the mics off of Barkley and Kenny Smith. Turn them off all together. And Shaq, these guys, they're sitting there talking. Ernie Johnson's trying to explain this isn't play-by-play. It's not color commentary. He's trying to explain what the heck we're going to see. He's talking and interviewing LeBron James and Giannis. It's just a, it's a mess. And how this could go on for this long with TNT... How does this happen in this day and age? I mean, you hear that, 
you cut their mics off. End of story. I mean, what a joke of a broadcast, a joke of an idea, but it all fits right in with NBA All-Star Weekend. And then the actual picking of the teams. This thing just dragged on and on and on. And Ernie's trying to kill time. Even got to be where Shaq says, come on, man, let's pick the teams already. It's embarrassing. It was downright embarrassing. There's nothing good about this at all. And then you get to the game itself. Yes, Team Giannis defeats LeBron. 184 to 175. Oh, yeah. The total, if you want to bet on this, 325 and a half points was your total. But how do you even bet when the teams aren't even selected until less than an hour before the game? Yeah, a joke. A joke of a weekend between the XFL. The NBA All-Star Weekend. And then there's that Daytona 500 thing. Yes. <laughs> overtime! How does an auto race go overtime? I read the headline yesterday because I didn't watch this garbage. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wins in overtime. What? Overtime? Oh, I'm sorry. Double overtime! He wins a race in double overtime. Not 200 laps. Not 500 miles. This one went 212 laps with 530 miles. So, yeah, uh, I guess, okay, caution flag. I get that. But why would you say overtime? Overtime means there's a tie in regulation. That's what overtime means in every sport, whatever sport you want. This isn't overtime. (sighs) Terrible Tuesday takes. If you got some terrible Tuesday takes, hit me on Twitter at TCMartin21.